0: Hi everybody, I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic to entertain myself, talk with old friends, and meet new friends. And somebody else just is trying to join the webinar, so let me solve that. Um, Just for those of you that are tuning in and may not have heard, um, Surefoot is having its five-year anniversary special. We're running five weeks of contests where you get a free pair of Surefoot pads if you win. we're going to have a grand prize drawing on week six Nashon, which is a full set of pads if you enter all five weeks. So that's over a thousand dollar value. Yeah. So all you have to right. do is go to Facebook and make sure that you enter all five contests. Even if the week has passed, just go back, put in a, put in a comment and a photo or whatever it is for that week. And we're keeping track to make sure, you know, we've, we know that you've entered all five and we'll check it all out before the beginning of week six, when we, draw that prize at the end. So just go to Facebook Surefoot Equine page or Fans of Surefoot to find out more details. And um, yeah, maybe you'll win. We're really, really excited. Um, So today my guest is Nashawn Cook. Did I say that right, Nashawn? Yes, Nashawn, yeah. Great, okay. And um, Emily Kitching is responsible for me asking him to be on my webinar because she contacted me and said, this guy's amazing and you just need to talk to him. oh why so I reached out and he was kind enough to respond and here we are so welcome Nashon thank you so much for joining me today
1: thank you for having me
0: this is great so um I don't really know much about you so can you kind of tell us a little bit about you and and um you know what your background is with horses
1: yeah well I'm still learning a lot about myself so I'll preface that I'll preface it with that but I'm I'm trained as a classical dressage rider, um, and I have schooled one horse up through the first of the airs above the ground. My horse Nova, thoroughbred, great thoroughbred, um, and um, I, a lot of my work now focuses on rehab work um, with horses. And I have um, I've I've trained and taught all over the world and um yeah and i have students here i have a small line of eight horses um four of which are mine (laughs)
0: always (laughs) (laughs) um
1: and um and so yeah we're and and i have my arena and we just go down and experiment with stuff um okay
0: so we have to back up a little because you glossed over a lot of stuff here so when did you first get involved with horses
1: I started writing when I was 13 um, and it was in a, a, a equine or it was in an after school uh, diversion program at the urban farm at Stapleton uh, here in Colorado. And so um, consequently, motivation wise, like they had like 30 acres and it was right across the street from the Denver County Jail. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. That, so that's how, I, that's how I got started. And it was started by two ladies, uh, Donna Garnett and Khadijah Haynes, and they're not doing it anymore. But while I was there, I, I was under the tutelage of a Grand Prix dressage rider from the States. Her name is Cynthia Spalding. She's in Branson, Missouri now. Um, my maestra, I think that she's the most wonderful human being in the horse world for me. And then um, and then Jean-Francois Fabier who presented Horses in Hand, he was a member of the Cadre Noir um, in France. And so those were the two folks that I worked with.
0: So they came to that, uh, what was the name of it again? The um, Urban Farm, yeah, they came there. Wow, so you're from yeah. Colorado originally.
1: I am born and raised in
0: Colorado, yeah. Awesome. And so you're 13 and you go to this place and you look across the street and go jail, horses, jail, horses. And then you decide horses or. (laughs) Well, I didn't, you know, I think that, I think that, I think that every so often
1: um, it just, it just, you know, it just happened to be, it just, it just happened to be that that's where it was. Um, But I was that little kid who like, because I'm from inner city Denver, um, you know, and so I was that little kid, like when, we would drive around town, you know, I would, I would, I would just like ask my mom or dad to stop on the side of the road when I saw horses in the field, because it's just, they've just been there for me. Um,
0: So so, so basically horses were in your blood from the time you were born. Yeah. I kind of
1: feel I, it, it feels like I came in, I came in looking for a way to be with them. Yeah.
0: That is so cool. You know, um, I love finding out the background of my guests and because we didn't just drop into where we are now doing what we're doing. There's this story and, you know, I think it's so inspirational for people to hear the stories and that as an inner city kid in Denver, it's not like there were horses all around you, even though, you know, Colorado is a very horse state, right? and so that's, that is so amazing that these people had this opportunity available to kids in the inner city. And I, you know, there are other programs like that, but we need more of them.
1: Um, yeah, we do. And, and I think, and, 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 you know, I think that, you know, I think that we need, it needs to be available to just kids in general, you yeah. know? Um. So it's, it's, it's a, you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's you know there there are access issues and and you know but i think also that and and you know i mean and the fact that you know i am black but there are a lot of there are there are there's a huge black community of horse people in the southern united states that i didn't know about so you know i just think that like socioeconomic wise there you know if possible there needs to just be access for just kids who don't have it you know Yeah,
0: I was, um, this is going back a bit, but in the Pittsburgh, no, Philadelphia area, there's a polo team. And these kids uh, uh, from the inner city get to learn how to play polo. And it's such a fabulous program. Um, And, you know, in this country, what I've watched is that we marginalize horses when we we build new housing developments and we marginalize the horses and we keep pushing them out and pushing them out so that kids don't have access. Whereas in Europe, because it's such small countries, there's so much access because the barn is part of the neighborhood. It's right there. Right. Um, And so, you know, for me, I started riding at a local um, riding school that was available to me in my hometown, which doesn't exist anymore. It's because it's become, you know, developed. Um, so I think it's, I, I totally agree with you how important it is that kids have access because, go ahead. Yeah, and
1: I think that, I, th- I mean, and I mean, and it's, it, you know, horses for me are like the arts, like, you know, like you don't expose, you don't expose children to learn how to paint to 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 expect everybody to be artists, but it's a critical way, it's a critical development in, the, in a human brain to understand abstract theory to begin to empathize to begin to you know to you know um uh develop an interior life you know I mean there's all of there's all of these things and and you know going back to the history of 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 teaching horsemanship as an art like in the beginning it was it was a subject matter right it was to help develop human beings right um and so you know I think that I think that um, I just, you know, and I don't quite know where I fit in that right now, um, you know, because a lot of my a lot of my work is so is not necessarily focused on teaching, having as many people to teach to write as I possibly can, as it is really understanding the biomechanical structure of the movement and the emotional connection between that and so it's and so it's not like basic stuff um I I really I really like the meat of dysfunctional movement and and trying to figure out like how to how to stabilize stuff so you know I think like right now I was I was in conversation with the lady Patricia Jackson who um runs the Oakland Youth Equestrians and and I was just talking to her and she was saying you know well you just showing kids that you know a life in this world is possible for you is a really really important thing you know um, and so i was to
0: so, say I, maybe you'll wind up being one of those teachers that goes to those schools the way someone came for your school
1: well and so i'm thinking like if i set up clinics around then i can find an organization and on that you know while i'm there you know hopefully go in and be able to help that's kind of where how how things are leaning post covid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. But we're all waiting for that post covid time. Okay, so you're so you're at this facility and you're starting to work with horses and you have these incredible mentors that come there. And so so how you know like were you just starting to learn to ride or did you start training there? How long were you there?
1: I so I started and I was 13 and I they hired me to teach when I was 16. Um, and then you're you, you're done with the program as a participant when you're 18 when you're done with high school and so um, I was there and then I taught a little bit after I was in high school and some in college and then I took a hiatus um, in college and and started master my master's work, my postgraduate work um, my graduate rather and then start was on track for postgraduate and didn't like it. And so then I moved to Asia. Um, and <laughs> oh, wait a second.
0: Okay. We got to unpack this here. Okay. So, um, so what, where did you go for your undergrad?
1: I went to Metro state college.
0: And what did you study?
1: A human services with a focus on mental health counseling and at risk queer youth.
0: Wow. Uh, and do you feel like you use that with the horses?
1: Yeah, you know, you know, I think a part of being human is just having the patience to listen. And a lot of people have to learn how to do that. Um, you know, you know, and, and, I'm, and, and, and I'm realizing with people and in horses, you know, tension comes from a point of reference of what we think should be. Right. Um, and relaxation comes when we realize what is. And like when we're able to stay with what is is, we're, we're present and when we're present, then we find that connection and that connection happens because communication opens up when we feel like we don't have the need to control something. Um, and it's the same for me with horses and people.
0: Wow. So, so. Were your parents horsey at all? Or did they support you in your desire to be with horses?
1: Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're not horse people. My mom is quickly turning into a horse woman. <laughs> she,
0: <laughs> she my mom
1: never ride. did. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, so my dad is who got me started, um, who, who found the organization, who found the program for me. Um, and so he, he did that and, and supported me through that. And I don't think that, and, and I think from the time I was maybe 13 to the time I was maybe 30, that my mom may have watched me ride five times. And then, and then, and then she, she bought me, she bought me my farm here. Oh, wow. She called me. Up, she called me up one night and she goes, let's do it. And I said, are you kidding me? And she's like, nope. And so she and so we all live out here together and she manages the she manages all the administrative stuff. And my brother, mm-hmm. um, he he oversees the care of the horses in the, that I have. And um, and yeah, so it's just turned into a family thing. And my mom retired so she could help me with this so you
0: drew them all into your passion
1: they they i don't know if i drew them in i think though that they trusted they trusted what i was able to do enough to deem it worthy of their attention like they're giving it to me
0: that that, that is so cool i have to say that is So cool. Um, You know, my parents were not horsey and my mom, after my first accident, when I was 15, was constantly terrified that I was going to get hurt again, which I did. (laughs) Um, So they never got very involved with the horses with me. So I think that that's awesome. Okay. So now let's go back. So you, you were going to get your graduate degree and, and then you decide to quit your graduate degree. You're going to get a doctorate
1: yeah i was i was yeah i was going for my yeah in 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 um from the there there was a joint program with the isle of school of theology and um university of denver um and i just i didn't like it and so i gave my i had gotten a scholarship and i gave that scholarship back and and then i went and traveled yeah
0: and you wound up in asia yeah where there are horses, but it's not like here.
1: No, so it, it is there you know in Thailand there's probably uh, where I was there's probably a 1, thousand 1500 people, mostly families, really landed families who participate in the in the equestrian uh, sports there.
0: And so were you involved with the horses when you were in Thailand?
1: Oh yeah, I coached and I oh, okay. trained and I competed
0: oh wow very cool yeah
1: yeah and so and so i and then i was there i was there for two two years and i was gone for a total of four years um and then i came back home and met my horse nova who taught me how to start healing courses
0: so tell us about nova
1: he's magic (laughs) um I feel, I feel like Nova. Um, I really feel like Nova is a is 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 a a gift to me um, because my whole world um, and my understanding uh, of riding as a modal of training horses and working with horses as a modality of healing for them. Um, came from him he had kissing spine in his lumbar spine and a slipping stifle and he taught me how to fix it and um, and that's where my rehab work and started
0: so how did you meet him
1: I got a call when I moved back in from China um, <clears throat> I got a call when I moved back in when I moved back home from China that there was this horse and He'd been, geez, by then he was nine or 10. He's great. So nobody, you know, I don't know how old he is for sure. Um, but he, um, I got a call and because he'd been through like seven or eight different trainers by the time he was eight and he started at probably three or four. Um, and there was one of the people who, who I had, was talking to about him. And she says, I hate this horse because he doesn't respect the rules. And I thought, and I thought, well, did you explain the rules to him in a way that he could understand? Um, you know, um, and so, you know, he had bucked and he had learned that bucking people was fun and he was, you know, and and they just didn't want him anymore. And so I started working with him. And uh, I told I, you know, I, he was just so athletic, and I said, if I can get this horse under control, I can get him to the Grand Prix. Um, and if I can get him with me, I can get, and it happened. And it's been it's been seven years, and I, when I got him, I didn't even have a car, yes. and and my my work with him has made it now to where. I've been able to get my own farm.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really, I really think that like he's just a gift from heaven, really.
0: And, and so you, they gave him to you, I assume. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All of my horses, all of my horses are, 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 have have been gifted to me.
0: There's no such thing as a free horse, right?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, is that they, you know, the thing is, is that they, you know, they teach me everything that I teach, you know? And so I, I like my, I, you know, I have, I have my three horses, they all had really major, um, physiological issues. So like my big mare who, did you see me ride that mare in the, did you see the, the eclectic horseman? the the gazette video of me riding my mare.
0: I ha- I have not actually. I have to admit, I have not watched it.
1: Oh well, no, there's no pressure, and I wasn't mean to pull you out. But that mare, that mayor, Um, so please forgive me. That wasn't my intention. That's okay. Um, but that mare is. I got her because she had a major spine or pelvic fracture, wow. and and so I wanted to explore the work around the. Uh, SI joint coming out of the lumbar sacral junction and, and the pelvis. Um, um, and, and so, you know, she's been a really wonderful lesson in, in, in engaging the rectus ab- ab- abdominus muscles to, 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 to shape the back and pelvis in such a way to where correct mobility is possible. And then I have my other young horse who is, who I got because he had really horrible um, supraspinous ligament in, in damage, ligament damage. Um, because the, the people who had him, they jumped him. They were jumping him like five feet as a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, on top of that, I mean, and Emily has seen him where he has just been an absolute nut. And, um, and and I respect it. I mean, in the time that she saw him, she, we were shooting something for uh, Kissing Spine and she wanted to watch and we were doing some work in hand and he was just so um, not agreeable to it. Um, and, and what happened was that she was there. And you know, when you have somebody who knows how to see horses and who has seen a lot of people work with horses, You know there's that there's that kind of gaze that you that you kind of impose on that you impose on them imposing on you and you're and sometimes you feel like you just have to like try and work through it and fix it up but i was just like you know like this horse has major emotional trauma and so we backed up and he calmed down and it was a really beautiful recognition for me from that she gave um, when she was like, so how did you get back to that point? How did you get that horse calm? And it's like, well, you know, if I have a student tell me once she
0: says, if it feels forced, it's not fair. That's that's a really good statement. Say it again. If it feels, if the work feels feels forced,
1: it's not fair. Yeah. And, and so-
0: I, did, I recently so, had Heidi Blackman on for yoga and she says, if it feels like it too much, it is too much. And this sounds yeah. like- same thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and and it goes back to that original statement: how tension goes is born out of uh, tension is born out of what we think should be, and relaxation is born out of the realization of what is. And like when we stay with relaxation, you know, we find presence, and that's where the connection happens, and it's always there if we realize when we are moving into tension, yeah, right?
0: You know, that's so hard for some people to recognize because so much of their life is tension. And right now with COVID, I think a lot of people are living in tension just because we're forced into situations that we don't have control of. We either can't go to work or the kids can't go to school or now there's a snowstorm. Yeah. And, and,
1: you know, and for me, all my, you know, my pipes and my bomb busted, but, you know, I was just like, you know, but I think that the more you practice staying calm, the more you understand that though we can't control the situations, we can make them a little bit easier by not reacting to them.
0: So this sounds like uh, meditation
1: well i think that i think that it's i think that it, it, it you know it's awareness born out of meditation for sure yeah um but not necessarily meditation not necessarily meditation being like something that you like sit on your mat or you like have to go and join a dojo or a monastery or something it's just med- it's just it's just understanding that our breath is the best teacher that we have I think um, you
0: might be covering up your mic a little bit.
1: Uh, How's that? That's better. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's just understanding that like, you know, our breath is the best teacher that we have. And like, if we trust it, it'll get us from one place to the next. <laughs> and, and, and then we realize that, you know, that's where we are. And all the only thing we can do with where we are is what there is to be done
0: how did you get so wise at such a young age
1: uh, i don't know i don't know i think i think i i trust life and 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 i trust that um even if situations are hard like if i stay open to the lesson i, f- I find a piece of myself that i didn't understand and. You know, and it becomes useful if I can share
0: it. You know, we often wonder about the the generations coming up because they have all this technology available and so instant and and yet you are so thoughtful and so um, in tune. It's it's uh, it gives me hope because you know sometimes you wonder you see all the great masters and they're passing and they're and they're you know they're aging out. And we need to know that there are people coming along in the horse world that get it, that understand. And it's it's so refreshing to talk to you. We, well, I appreciate that. And
1: I just think that, you know, I think that, I think that people, you know, I, I, you study the lives of the masters. I was talking to Leslie Desmond the other night and she was telling me the story about Bill Dorrance. And she, told me how so many people work off of pressure and release where he worked off of uh feel or intention and release and you realize the the amount of trust you you think I I thought about that and as she was telling me that story over the phone I just began to weep because she there's the there's the amount of 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 just trust that he worked out of in himself which made himself so totally available to horses um and i want to get there she said you are so lucky young man she goes you've come such a long way and you are so lucky that you're young enough that you have such a long way to go and i thought like if that wasn't the biggest blessing that someone could give me like you're on the right road keep going there's more stay helpful (laughs) (laughs) you know um and 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 you know i mean and the thing is is that there's all of this i've i've you know and there's all of this attention on my work lately and with that attention there's the there's the the invitation to change what you're doing for the sake of more attention, and I have just decided that, like, I've gotten invitations to be places and meet people, and I just, you know, I don't want to get caught up in the. I I just want to do my work.
0: Yeah. I just I just want to do my work. And and it's true. Are you there? You're that, oh yeah, we're totally here. You're still there? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, but it's totally true and you know exposure does lead to different opportunities but the opportunities aren't always necessarily the path yeah
1: and and it's and 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 I'm grateful for it all it you know I'm I'm really grateful for it all I think but my focus and my devotion is to these horses who right now whose suffering
0: is so big that they don't really know a way out. Yeah. So let's go back to that for a minute. You clearly know anatomy. Was that something that you've studied on your own or? Oh yeah. I'm such an anatomy that Right now I'm reading a, I'm reading a book,
1: the functional anatomy of the pelvis and the SI joint. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I think there's a poetry to everything, you know, and I think that, I think that, I think that understanding how the body moves is 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 akin to understanding the rhythm and the rhyme scheme of a good poem, right? A good a good a, 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 a beautiful you know a well ridden horse is a beautiful poem, and a beautiful poem outside of outside of just the the artistic license that someone has when they are Adept in the art of writing the poem and can manipulate and sculpt technique, like that's you know, you know, it comes from understanding the energy behind the intention. Right? And yeah. like and, and 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 when you understand the energy behind the intention, then psychological issues and emotional issues come up because you realize most of the time we have we have biomechanical issues going on. Right.
0: Right. But the thing is that you're not just, I I think it's, I just want to make clear that you're not just coming from this presence understanding, but also the understanding of the function and the biomechanics, because without the the art and the science, you only have half of it. Right. So this understanding function and gravity and how the body works in addition to the presence.
1: Yeah and like for me that's you know that understanding of all of that the understanding of of the emotional part and the spiritual part and the biomechanical part all of those all of and the artistic part all of it all of it is based in science there's a science to the art there's a science to the psychology there's a science to the to the biomechanics there's there there are rules Um, and there are laws and, 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 you know, and, and it's really easy to get stuck in that. And the, the, the thing, the thing that keeps me grounded and understanding that it's not an either or is one not feeling like I have to be right. You know, I don't, I, you know, it's just, it's just what is, and, 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 you know, by not having to be right, you don't, you don't depend on judgment of people and their work because you realize that you know broken horses bodies are sometimes the best that the person who broke them could do yeah you know and 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 and, and, and you learn a lot about the people who did this in fixing these horses if you can You learn where their fears lay, you learn where their understanding stopped because that's where the horse gets defensive and that's where punishment and force started to be used. And then, so you are able to then begin to have this compassion for the people thinking that they had to be a certain way to get a certain result. And when it didn't work, they they let it go. And 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 looking at it from that po- point of view is just super helpful because you know you
0: realize that a lot of people's mistakes with horses aren't intentional. I I've called it benign abuse. People don't go out intentionally to abuse their horses. They either don't have the knowledge, and and abuse begins where you run out of route of choices. If you don't that's
1: have that's right. That's right. And 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 understanding that like at the heart at the heart of this product is a heart, is a heart that did the best that they could. And it wasn't good enough. And recognizing that it wasn't good enough is reason to grow. And no. it's reason for me, it's reason for me as a teacher to continue to study. And, and to continue to, to to help guide people out of those situations as they allow me to. you know because when you're able to when you're able to manipulate energy and intention, you can make miracles happen. you know I mean you can and like and like there's no I mean and in, and in the process and the practice of that, like, and that's where the art comes in. It comes in from the awareness of the use and the meaning of all of the tools and techniques that you've studied, the science of it, and knowing when and how much and what for, and and then offering it, <laughs> you know? um, And so, you know, I think that, you know, I was talking to one of my students the other day how, I'm kind of scared to not have a horse that's not broken, um, because I've learned how to sit with the suffering and not be drowned by it. You know, I've learned how to bring them out, but I I, I often wonder um, what it would be. You know, I think, and I think i and I think that this is just where I'm immature as a as a trainer right now. You know, um, because the broken ones teach me how the body works, you know?
0: I think I, I, what, what I'm hearing you say, and I, I I think of it from my own perspective. I had a horse roll over me and punch my femur through my hip socket and break the hip socket out in the back in two pieces and then bruise two inches of the sciatic nerve and then kick me between the legs when he got up in 1984. And wow. it was... Uh, that If I was lucky, I didn't sever the sciatic nerve, otherwise I wouldn't have a left leg. But my struggle in rehabbing my own body is why I am a good riding instructor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yep. And, and so it's, you know, it, it, the, it's not just my goal in teaching riding is to prevent people from having the kind of accident I had. But, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, I broke my neck yesterday. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, because I know I can help. But if somebody comes to me and says they're pregnant, I'm like, I don't have a clue. Right. Right. Because I've never had children. There's there's a lot of wisdom in the pain. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of wisdom in the pain when we have the courage not to try and run from it and to not to try and feel it. Um, there's a There's a lot of there's a, I mean, and you begin to realize that, you know, you know, that need for control and tension is usually birthed out of our addiction to our own selves, (laughs) you know, and like when we can, and when we can, and when we can find the breath, and allow it to help us to relax. Then we do begin to see others, and we begin to see ourselves and others in their joy and in their pain and in their ignorance and understanding. And we begin to work out of that space of um, co-creation. Well, we begin to work. I begin to work out of that space with horses, in you know, out of you know, of co-creation in life and art. Um, and and I go, hey what about this and like when Emily came and saw me we talked. I mean geez she came and watched me teach and then she we talked for like two hours and then she watched me ride my mare and I was I was explaining to her how like I'm able to get I'm able to get you know the beginnings of pee off by cracking my fingers and change that to an extension by just closing my fingers and nothing else and so like there's just because I don't because I don't necessarily feel like I have to lay claim to a tradition or a way of schooling I'm open to what my horses hear me saying and then I find new ways of working and teaching them you know it's really magic i'm i i i feel guilty sometimes that i have such a beautiful life why should you feel guilty because i wish everybody could have it yeah i want to share this i want to share it with the whole world everybody deserves to feel this wonderful every day it's a lot of energy it's a lot of energy and like like I said I told you the pipe busted because of the cold so I was up every three hours because all of my waters I had to shut the water off to the barn but you know so for the past two nights I've been up for every three hours watering my horses but you know but even that it lets you know the, the you know the world is big but the love is bigger, and being able to live in that love is just a magnificent, magnificent thing, you know? It just feels, it feels, so, it's so hard, but it feels so good. And I've done almost everything else work-wise that I've wanted to, and this is the only thing in my own space where I don't wanna do anything else.
0: I, You know, when I, when I listen to you, what I hear is that you are totally congruent with your, your life force. In other words, so many people are at odds with what they do for work and what they do outside. You know, they're not in alignment with their true self. And it sounds to me like you're totally in alignment with who you are, what you are, and what you do. And that's where that gratitude comes from.
1: Yeah, and it, but it comes from, but the, you know, it's gratitude for everything. It's gratitude for the things that I hated doing. When I was a teacher in school, it was gratitude for hating that job because it, but but because it let me know what I didn't want to do. Right, you know, it let me know it. You know, when you know, it's gratitude for having my, for having the ability to have my own space where where I can feed my horses and I can make the changes to their schedule and 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 it's gratitude for its gratitude for it all. But you know, like it's been a commitment that I have had to my craft and my art in, in my life with horses since I was 13. Like I have books, I have books everywhere. I have books everywhere.
0: So have, what what are you reading right now? I am, so I just got, Um,
1: I just got a whole, of two Olivera books that are were out of print and so I, I got um, the classical principles of the art of training courses um, volume 2 and I was able to buy that from a seller in Australia and then I got his from old masters to uh, from old master trainers to young to young trainers um, a book that I am I am always really, um, keep close is a posture and performance by Jillian Higgins um and then this one I love the biomechanical writing by Nancy Nicholson Um, and and it was and it was really it was really it's really um it's just it's, it's 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 um I just like how things work I like figuring out how things work and then I'm reading a collection, I'm rereading the collection of poems by Mary Oliver, um, her second complete, uh, her second, her second uh, 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 new and selected poems. And then I am reading um, uh, A Source of Self-Regard, a co- uh, the collected essays of Toni Morrison.
0: And you read them all at the same, do you have them all at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I just and then and then and then I
1: have I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name. You're covering up the sound again. Okay, right. I have I, I and then I'm reading a book, um, the P N passage, the work in hand, and the functional anatomy of the pelvis and the SI joint. So you know, my brain, my br- that's why I can't sit still. You know, because I'm I, I I'm just processing all of this information um and then I get to go down and I get to go down and see what my horses think about it and they go well this is what I hear you saying is this what you're meaning to say and I'm like I don't know and they're like then neither do we (laughs) you know I mean and so it's really it's I mean and, and that's how I that's how I that's you know I my 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 arena is my laboratory um and 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 my horses are my professors, and they're and they're letting me know what what they hear me saying, and they tell me good job or try again, you know.
0: <laughs> and, and yeah, it's awesome. I you know I'm just thinking I have a, a equine library of about 400 books. I don't think I'd ever see you again if you ever went there.
1: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But you know, I mean, I think I, you know, I you know, I I'm really I'm really um. I'm just really, I'm just really thankful that I can, that I can help. I think that that's what, I think that that's what it means to be a human being. I think that it, I think, I think to be a human being
0: means to help. And so, I, so we, talk, you know, we you know, we titled this, this webinar, the, your golden rule. And so talk about your golden rule. Cause I didn't actually expand on that.
1: The follow the horses yeah yeah follow the horses and find heaven in every step yeah um i just think that it's a really wonderful way to walk through life i had a friend who told me that when i was 19 he goes he and i didn't realize i didn't realize um what it would mean but we were he and his and his wife had me over for supper and we were talking and 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 we had met through a mutual friend who was actually a mercor volunteer at the farm where i learned how to ride and he goes and he just goes he says he goes you know follow the horse and find heaven in every step he said this is your path in life and it's been and he was right you know and i'm so thankful that he was um, and there are things like that that happen where you don't always know what they mean when,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when, when you receive it, but you 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 trust it enough to keep walking, um, and then and then you realize that you've been on your feet walking your road the whole time, um, and and I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful um, that in this. Um, arena of work, um, where I'm not advertising. I don't advertise at all, really. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not promising good show show results or test test scores. I'm just like you know what. Like I'll take the broken ones nobody else wants because there's a story there, and and we are our stories. And if they feel safe enough to tell me those stories, then maybe we can change the second part of the story and it can be better for them. And, and what a beautiful thing to help because you realize that in the process of allowing the horses to let you feel safe enough to hold their pain, that their human's hearts change in the process, and you're able to then help heal people too,
0: Mm.
1: and that is a really, um, that's a beautiful mercy, you know, and I think that, and I think that, I think that the world is the way that it is, because so many people just haven't been taught how to be kind to themselves. Mm. And so that's, you know, that's how they then treat other people. And then, you know, I mean, and because we can't give what we don't have, right? And so when you just have the space to sit and think <sighs> and explore and you realize that, like, you know, everybody, everybody's, everybody's struggling in their own way. And sometimes the struggle is not to stop struggling. Sometimes the struggle is to be able to help somebody struggle more effectively. Um, and, you know, I think that a lifetime is enough time to do that.
0: That's awesome. So, so Nishan, if you, we have a lot of listeners and if there was one thing that you could suggest to them that they could go in and, and do with their horses to help them start on this process that you're talking about, what, what what would that be?
1: I think it would be to just spend time with them. A lot of people don't spend time with their horses. A lot of people, a lot of people show up, brush their horses, put their saddle on. There's always, you know, I I, it would be changing the idea of horses as a means to an end. Right? And 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 beginning to explore more the concept, you know, Kant's categorical imperative, right? Of the horse as the end in and of itself like what would it be to just brush your horse and tell them that you love them and take them for a walk and put them away and they not have to be lame for you to do that you know it's kind of like showing up to a job and you're really high performing a team member of that job and it is, um, and and people are, are expecting you be, to do that 100% of the time, but you realize that you can only give that much of yourself when you enjoy doing the work. I think horses are like that, you know? I mean, and I think that that's why, that's why like, your, 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 your blocks and your, you know, and, and like pedestal work and, and, you know, allowing horses ways to be with us that enriches them too. And, and in the process of enriching them, we are able to observe them and learn how, I, the, the most beautiful thing I, I love to do every morning is to turn my geldings out early in the morning. And I just watch them move. I watch them play with each other. And, and you begin to see, you begin to see, and Boudin said that, the, the great uh, early 20th century French cavalryman, he goes, the greatest thing any rider can do is observe their horses by observing by observing horses and working on perfecting yourself you create something beautiful and 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 being able to watch them in the field you begin to see what movements make their bodies feel good you begin to see you begin to see you begin to see where and how they prefer i mean and that's the thing is that these horses that come in with injuries they're usually only injured when they're with people when they're out playing with their friends they're fine which lets me know it's a psychological construct and so if i can if i can treat them like they treat each other and we just enjoy our time together and from that time together beautiful work blooms that 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 is, that is what I would say. Observe them, spend time with them, be their friend. Be their friend, right? And understanding like what makes you feel safe with a friend, being listened to, being considered, being invited, right? being able to emotionally just let your guard down and have a bad day and not be judged or or judged for it. Horses are people just with different brains, you know?
0: And what I hear from you, and this is something that I've always thought, is that we have to offer respect to be respected. We
1: have to well, I don't think it's even I don't I, I don't think it's even about respect. I think it's about consideration. I think it's about love. I think I mean we have to offer what we want. Right. That right. You know, I mean, and if we're not getting back what we want from our horses, that's because we're not that's what we're offering them. And so that's a place of that's a place of um, self-reflection that is super, super useful. And then, and then, and, and, you know, and, 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 you know what that usually comes back to is, you know these stuck points, these limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves, you know when the answer nine times out of 10 is learning how to ask the question in a way that they understand. It's not even changing the question. It's learning how to ask it differently, you know I mean, and so, and so, and, and 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 there's so much that comes with our relationships with our horses that when they don't work, it's it's you know, I mean, and and those things when we aren't able to get what we want because we're not asking in the way that they understand, then we begin to judge ourselves, and us judging ourselves in that way lets us know where we still need to heal. And so this can all be a really wonderful process of, of going towards health and wholeness and not necessarily joy or happiness because I think happiness is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a momentary state, but joy, joy is a state of being. And being able to rest in that state of joy even when it's tough and saying okay things aren't going my way how about i step back a little bit and just see what there is to be seen and where in my where in that space that is to be seen do i see myself stuck and that's usually where the communication flop is with the horses almost always yeah it's it's
0: so Delightful to listen to you.
1: Well, I'm glad that you want to listen,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, this is the part I love your smile and your laughter because you you you're a very deep thinker, clearly. But you but you're it's it's the laughter and the joy, as you said, that is so. Um, you, because we can get so uh, sort of intense, with, it but seriously. you have to light it up. <laughs> Yeah, we take ourselves I mean, and I think that that's the thing. That to be to be
1: effective and to be impactful doesn't mean to be boring and brooding. And and that's the thing that you hear about so many of the masters is that they didn't necessarily like people, right? Right? They didn't communicate well with people, but that's because people are hard. You know, people are very difficult, and it's hard to feel safe with people, but you, but, 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 you know, the thing is, is that the thing is, is that I look at it. I have a hard time with people too, but helping people is the only way that I'm going to be able to help more horses. And I figure that, you know, I'm worth my horse's consideration. And so people are worth mine. They're teaching me how to be human and not to be some judgmental little ninny, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I, It took me a lot longer to get to that idea than, than it took you. But the idea that, you know, when I started out, it was, uh, I just only wanted to work with horses and then I had my accident and I had to figure out my own body and then I had to figure out how to help others. And then I finally realized if I, if I didn't help the person, I never helped the horse. That's exactly right. And, and, and,
1: and the thing is, is that, is, is that the thing is, is that, you know, we don't get to those realizations unless we, unless we are confronted with a pain that we cannot run from.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You
1: know, I mean, and, and, and there, again, there's the wisdom of it, right? Like what happened when perfect, isn't an option anymore, then we finally are alive. Yeah. We are finally alive because there's possibility for progress. And the possibility for progress lay in making a choice to see ourselves as possible, to make that progress. And when we do that, we, that's when we become intelligent because we must understand each step, but more importantly, we must understand the step between each step. And that is where the magic is, is that each step between each step, you know? It's, it's not, it's not asking, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not talking to the horse or the student to get something out of them, except understanding what you're asking them to do. That's it. And then they offer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I was see, I was working on, I was, I was playing with this idea of the Pilar rain uh, or the pillars with, um, pee off like they do in the old schools and I you know because in hand work I'm a short man I'm a relatively short man I'm 5'7 and all of my horses are at least 16'3 um, and I, I think in hand work is super super helpful but I, I'm a, you know I don't want to build pillar reins because I think they're kind of prehistoric I think they they kind of outuse their usefulness kind of like race as an excuse. Like it's outused it's it's outlived its usefulness, right? Um, and so me and my horse Remy, we were playing with this idea of 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 me using my body as the rain, you and using Warwick Schiller's idea of when they feel tension in the rain, they stop. And so like he has the wall and I have his his cabison with the rope on it. And when he comes up to the hand and I click, he just started pffing. You know, I mean, and so it's it's that, it's that, and it's understanding that we have these classical principles and we have these classical practices. And the and, and the thing is, is that that's the best that they had with the information that they 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 had, and that the movements are possible, but there are better. There's a better way now to do that. And I wouldn't have been able to play with this idea of allowing myself to be an energetic pillar for my horse if I didn't have my horse's pain to work through. You know what I'm saying? And so within that space, there's the innovation, there is the art, and that and it and it comes from understanding the technique and understanding that the tradition is only as valuable as we can build out of it. Not necessarily reproduce it. I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna. I don't want to, I don't want to have to tie my horse's heads down to get them to hold a collected position. I don't want to do that. And I, and I don't want to have, feel like I have the peer pressure from dead men that tradition is to do that. Right. There's a better way when we understand how the the mechanics of the body work to, and, and understanding too now the intelligence that horses have of their bodies. And if, we take that invitation into their bodies and let it teach us, then we're able to work out of a more beautiful and holistic space.
0: Yeah, what I hear you saying is that it's important to know what was done, but then look at how we can innovate and how we can- work. Yeah, it was, it was,
1: it's important to innovate out of innovation, right? I mean, and I think that that's, I mean, and I think that that's the important thing is that I really respect the tradition so much as it's health giving and useful. If it takes away from the dignity of the horse, I don't care who wrote about it or who practiced it, it doesn't fit, but it's important for me to know what is there. So I don't repeat that same mistake. Right. You know, I mean, and so it's not judgment. It's just, it's just saying, you know, a better way is possible and, I don't know what that is yet, but there's the possibility of progress. You know?
0: Well, Nashon, we've we've come to the end of our hour and We have. <laughs> 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 and um I really
1: I really appreciate um you wanting to talk with me.
0: Well, it's it's a pleasure listening to you because um there's there's so many things in what you say that I've I've either known, practiced, thought about, experienced, and and how, you know, for me it's been teaching riding, but that the pain that yeah. led me to become who I am to do what I do. And I always say, you know, if um, that was 15 seconds when that horse I on um, and it changed my life. And surefoot is the second 15 seconds that changed my life. But we need to you know like i'm always grateful for that accident because without that accident i wouldn't be sitting here talking to you exactly
1: that's exactly right and 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 and, and when you are able to find gratitude in the pain then you begin to find the wisdom of the pain's usefulness
0: yeah. which
1: is how healing is possible yeah and that's what all of us need.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, that's what we all need. That 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 is what we all need. And for me, that is what allows us all to be each other's gifts of grace. And we deserve that. Yeah, you know. So I I I I I, I um I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. And I am very heartened and honored um, that you thought it worthwhile to talk with me. And I, um, I, I the invitation is open to keep a dialogue continuing.
0: Awesome! I, I look forward to that. All right. I might be sending you a book or two. You gotta, you gotta uh, send me your address.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will, I will. Uh, I will most certainly I'll, I'll send you an email, but I, um, I, I have to, I have to run. There's a young trainer who's coming to watch the pedestal work today. Um, so I got to get down and make sure
0: I'm prepared for him. That's (laughs) awesome. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. And I look forward to the time when I can actually come out and meet you. Oh my God. We're going to
1: have to do lunch. Yeah.
0: Emily right. with us. She, she oh. won't let me go without her. I'm sure. Who? Emily. Oh no! Well, it'll be a trip take. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> all right. See you all later. Right, thanks so much, and take care. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Just remember, this and all the other webinars are on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel, and uh, stay tuned for our next webinar. Take care. Bye. Bye bye.